This broadcast of the PJC Media Network seeks to present wholesome, thought-provoking, and entertaining content. However, the views expressed by the hosts of PJC Media are theirs and theirs alone. They do not reflect the views of this network or its affiliates. Please utilize listener discretion. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White Show. Each week, we feature different topics concerning issues that sometimes can be difficult to talk about. These issues concern children and adults who may be autistic, have Asperger's, or have mental disorders of any kind. We will discuss law enforcement and how they interact with these persons. Now, let's start the show. Evening. Good evening, and thank you for tuning in to the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the states that ban young people from buying semi-guns, semi-automatic guns. But first, I'm going to introduce you to my co-host. Mr. Coleman. Okay. Mr. Coleman, how you doing? Good, Jenny White. How you doing? Okay, okay. Well, we're talking about um, New York. They voted Thursday to ban anyone age 21 from buying or possessing a semi-automatic rifle a major change to state firearm laws pushed through less than three weeks after an 18-year-old used one of the guns to kill 10 people at a supermarket in Buffalo. Other new legislation legislation will restrict civilian purchases of bullet-restrict armor which was worn by the killer in Buffalo and require new guns to be equipped with micro-stamping technology that can help law enforcement investigators trace bullets to particular firearms. Now, how, well, I don't know they can do it. I'm sure they can, but they want to check the, um, the guns and trace the bullets to particular firearms. I don't know how that helps them. They, I'm sure they need to find out where the firearm came from and whose firearm it was. New York already requires people to be 21 to protect, to possess a hand gun. Younger people would still be allowed to have other types of rifles and shotguns under the new law, but would be unable to buy the type of fast-firing rifles used by the 18-year-old gunman in the mass shootings in Buffalo and at a Texas elementary school. So I don't know if any other state I know that's New York, and they're doing something. 
they are doing something. But I haven't heard any other states saying that they were putting up a ban on any kind of semi-automatic guns. And I'm just wondering why can't somebody get somebody? It's a whole lot of uh, people, a whole lot of things that are going on. There are people that being hurt on Belle Isle. A young lady was killed. And she had just immigrated to the United States a few months ago. And that's crazy. And a 23-year-old man was charged for that because he killed the girl and injured another. So what's going on? I mean, we know that. Everybody got a gun almost, and they're using them, especially the young people. And the reason why they're still, these um, Republicans are still not wanting to stop anything is because the NRA is funneling money to them so that they can stay in Congress. And they don't want to lose that money. So they would do anything. They would turn upside down just to be able to get that money from the NRA and to keep whoever wanted to get a gun to get it. So I guess maybe if one of their children were victims, I think it would be a different situation. What do you think, co-host? You think it would be a different? I think that it would uh, definitely make them think twice about uh, the legislation and decide that they're choosing to be on for the sake of money and power. I think that... um, they were saying, you know, like in Texas, Ted Cruz uh, doesn't have to worry about his kids' school hmm. being shot up, you know. Uh, they go to a uh, a public school, I mean a private school, mm-hmm. know, pretty expensive private school. So not something that they're concerned about. Um, <laughs> but I think even at their own demise sometimes, uh they're stupid enough to vote against their own interests. <clears throat> you know, that uh, one uh, senator, uh can't remember his name, Scalini or something, a uh, Republican senator, got shot while he was uh, playing softball. They were playing softball in Washington. Uh, he didn't get killed, and, you know, but I'm sure he's still in lockstep with everything that the Republicans are doing. So, was he a Republican? So, you know, yeah, he was a Republican. Okay. So, you know, even with uh, that being said, you know, it wasn't enough to <laughs> change his mind. Hmm. So, you know, it's um, I think that 
right now democracy is uh, is a war on democracy, and that uh, you know the Republican Party is just the party Man. that has decided to take its the position that it's taken, and gun rights just happens to be a part of it. You know, the Second Amendment. Um, you know, the Second Amendment only applies to certain groups of people because if you get a group of black people with firearms, you know, that's going to be a problem. But if you get a group of white people that's a militia, you don't have a problem with that. Those are just law-abiding tourists. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Going out on a going out on a hunting trip. So, you know, I think New York being has had stricter gun legislation. Um, it doesn't stop gun crime as well as Chicago has, you know, pretty strict gun gun laws. That doesn't stop the criminals, you know, from shooting up on the south side. And I think it's probably, you know, within a mile okay. radius, you know, where most of the crimes are being committed. You know, the crimes and the killings, you know, it's just that whole, that particular area is being terrorized. And uh, so I do think there needs to be gun legislation where you can't acquire a gun or a pistol. Well, you can't get a pistol or a gun, you know, a long gun or a pistol until you're 21 years old. And, you know, and there's only a couple places that have domestic uh, terrorist laws on the books. I think, you know, New York is one that just really instituted it lately. And they're trying the um, the shooter that shot up the people in Buffalo, New York. Uh, he's being uh, tried under the... And he's one of the first people. So, you know, I think that America didn't want domestic terrorism laws because the people that were making the laws knew the people that were domestically terrorizing everybody else looked like them. Or either it was <laughs> them. Or it was their neighbors or friends and relatives. So it's hard to legislate against yourself. You know, why should I put some things in place where I know we're going to hang 10 niggas, you know, next week? Oh, wow. Why should I put myself out like that, you know, or Jerry or anybody else, you know, so, so, you know, when you're asking the same people to put in laws to protect you that go against their nature, you know, like having the hen look over the chicken coop. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> So it's um you know, they're having funerals now for the uh families in Buffalo and they're also, you know, having funerals for the children in Texas. So it's um it's uh just a terrible state of events that, you know, our nation is in at this particular time, especially when it comes to gun laws. Letitia James, the um female, black female attorney general in New York, um, 
you know, filed charges against the NRA and, you know, made them file bankruptcy. And they moved. She ran them out of... She ran them out of New York. They ran down to Texas. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah, you know, they said New York was no longer friendly. You know, we're going to go down here to Texas where we can, you know, do whatever we want to do. Okay. So it's, uh, yep. But if we have any callers, you know, that are listening, you know, this evening that would like to make a uh, have a question comment. or a comment regarding gun laws in America or talk about these mass killings or any other uh, state of events that you'd like to discuss, push the one. And we'll talk on this this June 3rd, 2022. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well... Uh, I was reading, and they were saying that the death rate among young people around the world has been declining. But boys and young men are not doing as well as girls and young women. Since 1950, the death rate of young females ages 10 to 24 has gone down by 30%. But for males in this age group, it's only gone down by 15%. And in many countries, the gap in mortality rates between the genders is broadening. In 2019, 61% of all deaths among this age group were among young men. And I think that's true that... The men are doing it so, you know, more so than the females. And they were saying that the numbers, the numbers came from an um, analyst published by The Lancet in late October. About a dozen researchers added by several hundred collaboratories wanted to understand where and why young people are dying. Their intent was to provide governments and nonprofit groups with data that show where public health efforts are needed. I think they need to get all those eight, what is it, AK-50, R-15 or something. They need uh-huh. to try to what get kind of those. Gun you talking about? <laughs> what is it, an AR-15? Or AK forty seven. Yeah. Can you get those through the mail, you think? Yeah, you get them through the mail. The A fifteen? Huh? Wow. The A fifteen, yeah, you Yeah, here in you know, in Michigan you have to have them they have to be sent to a um well can um if you get it through the mail, they have to go to a, what they call a FFL dealer, and that's you know a third party. You know, you go there and you, you do the paperwork, you pay them, you know, a fee for receiving your weapon, and then you you know they give you a weapon, and after you fill out the paperwork. Now, if you're going to one of these sporting goods stores, then you. Um, give them, you show them your ID. They 
go in the back, make a phone call, do a background check. Then they come back and they either say yes or they say no. And then you purchase a weapon right on the spot and you walk out with it. Oh, wow. Do they have those AKs in their shops, you think? Oh, yeah, they do. You know, they got they got everything. Shotguns. They got, you, you got the money. They got the weapon. Well, let me ask you, so, if you're purchasing one from, you know, through the mail, they don't have that uh, wording on the box, do they? I mean, it's supposed to be a mystery what's in the box, right? What do you mean a mystery? I mean, if, if you... you buy something, you know what you, you expect it to be in the box. But what I'm saying is if you had ordered from New York, say, and they sent it to you, is that going to be on the box, gun, AR-15? Well, I mean, it's packaged. It's being sent somewhere. It's being put in a package that you can't see what it is. You know, it's not That's a clear, what I'm saying. A clear bag, you know. But, but the, I'm talking about uh, the words on the box, though. Well, I mean, I just purchased a... Uh, pistol and it came in. I, I picked it up today, and I mean, you know, the box says Taurus. It says the name of the uh, the manufacturer. So I mean, you know. So you had to, oh, so it goes to a gun shop. Is it that goes it? to whatever FFFFL dealer you send it to. So it oh, could be a gun shop. So it doesn't come to your house. Not through the mail, unless you're a dealer. It doesn't. It goes to a third party. Oh, And you go to that third party, and they fill out the paperwork. Okay. But I I purchased, uh, you know, it's kind of strange. I purchased a pistol, uh, a forty caliber pistol, which has pretty large bullets. But, you know... Uh, I didn't, you know, I looked at, I visually inspected it when I picked it up from the from the FFL dealer. You know, everything was good. It's brand new, looked good. Um, so when I got it home, loaded the magazine up, loaded the 40 uh, caliber bullets in the magazine and went to load it, the bullets didn't fit in the chamber. So, <laughs> so I mean... So the gun didn't, you know, it didn't close. I mean, you know, the bullets were too big. So, I mean, I didn't understand that. So what I did was, you know, took the magazine out, you know, ejected the bullet, and I put a 9-millimeter bullet in there, and it fit. So I got a forty caliber pistol with a 9-millimeter barrel. (laughs) So I'm sending it back to the manufacturer. I'm actually going to send it back tomorrow (laughs) for them to correct their mistake. Oh, and this wow. particular model, it comes in nine millimeter and forty, but they ended up putting a, a nine millimeter barrel in a forty pistol. So it's a strange mistake. I would have never thought about it or expected it. And once you take possession from the FFL dealer, you can't send it back to 
distorted the purpose of wrong. Nah, if I you know, if I hadn't taken possession then I could have sent it back to where I got it from. But because I had, you know, already taken it home, I had to use the manufacturer's warranty and send it back to the company that made it. Oh, so that's it's all what new for me. I mean Yeah, that's what I'm doing now. I mean, you know, I guess next time I purchase something, I'm going to have to take a bullet with me just to make sure it fits. (laughs) I mean, I never would have thought thought of that, you know, but you live and you learn. I know that's right. Well, they're saying that guns kill more people than cars. Yeah, but to be a responsible gun gun owner, you know, you have to have your weapon stored in a place where children can't get them, you know. I know uh, that's right. Please, please, please don't have them around. You know, there's a, a, lot of, a lot of children are, you know, killed by weapons that are accessible. You know, you can't have them under your pillow and all that type of stuff. And, you know, and if you, you know, you somebody that, you know, has children coming through your home, even if you are empty nester or stay on your own. But if you know you got kids coming through or grandkids, you need to put the weapon somewhere where, you know, they can't get them. I but know that's right. By nature. Of I mean, course. You know, I was, a, I was a curious child. And so I, I know from from personal experience, you know, so, you know, so I know even the best child, you know, can be curious. And I mean, you know, and if you're dealing with a loaded weapon, anything can happen, you know, you're not trained, you know, you can um, make mistakes and, you know, one mistake. I know that's right. But the Washington Post said that firearms kill more children and adolescents in 2020 than car accidents. Yeah, it was number one killer children. I mean, they're making more guns, you know, not to mention the illegal ones. You know, so they're making more. They say there's three to four hundred million guns out here in America. Yeah, I think it's only 300 Americans. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. every American plus 100 million, you know, guns out here. Everybody can have one. You'd be well, born, with a, born caused, with a weapon. Oh, yeah, well. The change was caused by a 30% increase in gun deaths for people 19 and younger in 2020. Gun deaths continue to outpace cars for that age group in 2021. That's crazy. Yeah, I think responsible gun ownership. And then, you know, even with the guest that was talking last week, when she was talking about, you know, arming teachers, I didn't agree with that, but she was also talking about teaching, you know, your kids responsible gun ownership. Now, I'm not so much uh, opposed to that. I mean, you know, uh, children of a certain age, um, if you're not, uh, you you know, you don't have a gun culture in your family, then it's not necessary. I mean, you know, if you don't have guns in your house, then, of course, you're not going to teach your kids how to use a gun if you don't 
own one or you don't believe in it or you just got one there just in case somebody decide to come in and break in and you got it, you know, but I ain't teaching my kids how to use it and they don't know where it's at type of thing. But uh, but if you are a gun owner that, you know, goes to the range or is active with a gun and feels that you, to take the mystery and curiosity away, you know, you want to teach your child how to break a gun down, how to clean it and put it back together and how to shoot it then, you know, so be it. I mean, you know, I don't think that, you know, teaching your daughter or son that is promoting, um, uh, you're trying to, you know, you, you, you're teaching a criminal, you know, or anything like that. I don't think it's like that. I think that, you know, you can take the fear away from it and you can, if they're ever around someone with a weapon that shouldn't have one, they know, you know, to get away from them and tell them, hey, don't point it at me. <laughs> you know that weapon could be loaded. Keep your finger off the trigger. You know, you don't put your finger on the trigger until you're ready to pull it. Is that a good thing, though, to teach children to, uh, you know, use those type of thing, or just how it works? Well, I mean, you know, like I said, it all depends. You know, some well, how- people... How old do you think a child should be? Well, I mean, you know, it it all depends. I mean, you know, my children, uh, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't, you know, I never taught my children how to use a weapon. Um, You know, first of all, my wife doesn't like them, so, you know, she definitely wouldn't support me teaching my, my kids, you know, it, you know, to her, was, you know, even an unloaded weapon with no bullets around would still have been fearful, even though her father was a police officer. So so it was just wasn't something that was an issue, you know. But, I mean, I'm more into um, weapons now as a hobby. And so I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's important for women and men to know how to use them and to have some self-defense. You, you know, think so? Have one for self-defense. Yeah, I think it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Like if you're ever in a situation where you need it and you ain't got it, it's too late for you. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, you know, you just got Jesus. And, you know, well, that's, that's all I need. <laughs> yeah, but if something, if somebody pointing a gun in your face, you might want to need a little Jesus and a forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think yeah. Jesus would be enough. But uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to a break, and we'll be back. This is the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White Show. Lions Clubs International is a service or membership organization of over 1.7 million members worldwide. It was founded in 1916 in Illinois. Much of the focus of the Lions Club's work as a service club organization is to raise money for worthy causes as first responders. 
The Lions Club motto is We Serve. Local Lions Club programs include sight conservation, hearing and speech conservation, diabetes awareness, youth outreach, international relations, environmental issues, and many other programs. The LIONS acronym also stands for Liberty, Intelligence, Our Nation's Safety. For more information, contact us at lionsclubs.org. We'll be back to the Let's Talk About It, Jenny White Show. Are you a reader looking for more compelling Christian fiction? Maybe something a little more edgy or a bit more real? Are you tired of most Christian fiction shying away from the truth and settling for a rose-tinted view of the world and its issues? Or are you an author who has a compelling story to tell, but you're afraid it doesn't jive with today's brand of Christian or secular fiction? Are you tired of Christian publishers telling you that your content is too edgy? Or maybe you've tried submitting your content under the radar to secular publishers, only to be told your themes are a bit too religious. We invite you to take a look at the Crossover Alliance. We are an online publishing company that specializes in edgy Christian speculative fiction, speculative fiction with Christian themes and real-world content. Our company is formed from authors and readers just like you who are breaking into the mainstream and Christian markets with this compelling genre. Head over to the www.thecrossoveralliance.com for all the details on who we are, what we do, and what we accept. Right now, if you sign up for our email newsletter, you'll receive a free digital copy of our first short story anthology. Check us out today and help us spread the word about the Crossover Alliance, where light shines brighter in the darkness. Hi friends, I'm Dr. Mike Spaulding, inviting you to listen to great Bible teaching on the Transforming Word radio show and podcast. All shows are available on iTunes and Stitcher. Search for the Transforming Word and subscribe for notification of new shows. You may also listen to every episode from my website, www.thetransformingword.com. In addition to the Transforming Word, I want to make you aware of my interview, news, and opinion show, Soaring Eagle Radio. If you're interested in engaging conversations related to a variety of topics not covered by typical news media, then check out Soaring Eagle Radio. You may subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher, and you may listen to every episode on my website, www.soaringeagleradio.com. For more information on my ministries, please email me, Pastor Mike, at cclohio.com. Again, that's Pastor Mike at cclohio.com. Thank you for listening to these shows, and please leave me a note when you do. God bless you today. And we're back to the Let's Talk About It White Show. Okay, and we're back to the Let's Talk About It with Jenny White. And we're talking today about states banning young people from buying semi-automatic guns, or semi, if you would want to say that. But uh, now I've been reading, and it said that suicides have become the second leading cause of death among teenagers in the United States. 
Young people are taking their own lives, surpassing homicide deaths, which dropped to third on the list. The teenage suicide rate increased from eight deaths per 100,000 in 99 to 8.7 deaths per 100,000 in 2014. Wow. Higher suicide rates are driven in part by changes in the method of suicide. Suffocation, which includes hanging and strangulation, is highly lethal. Increased as a method of suicide. A rising suicide rate among teenage girls is driving the higher overall suicide rate. Despite the, despite the rise in suicide, the overall mortality rate among teenagers has fallen from 68.6 day deaths per 100,000 in 1999 to 45.5 deaths per 100,000 in 2014. As a result of declining homicide and traffic accident deaths rates among the past 15 years. Wow, that's really interesting. A rise in suicide among teenagers. And we don't even need that because too many people are coming around shooting up in these schools. And it says that a higher rate of suicide attempts does not appear to be driving the increasing teenage suicide rate. Huh. Data from the Youth Risk Behavior Service um, the systems show that among high school students, the prevalence of attempting suicide remains flat from 1999 to 2013. Rather, suicide attempts today appear more likely to result in death because teenagers have shifted to more lethal methods of self-harm, a trend that has alarming implications. So what do you think? What do you think those particular methods of self-harm would be? And why are they increasing? I mean, suffocation, how do you you hang your own yourself? You just get up. People have been killing themselves for years. I think that the increase among teenagers is really being driven by social media uh, and yeah, the access yeah. to technology. Yeah. I think it's been a lot of, of cyberbullying and things of that nature. And so with the bullying and online feuds, people got beef online because of things they're saying. And people say a lot of different mean things, you know, he's talking about mean girls, you know, they've got people that can be anonymous and hide behind an alias on social media, or somebody can hack your page and put, you know, 
crazy stuff on there, and people think it's you. Somebody, yeah, I think you know. Yeah, I think that's got a lot to do with it. Because or, you know, somebody oh, what? You know, uh, what is it? The TikTok and all of these others, or these kids are using all of that, and people, you know, talk about you on the. Uh, television, not televisions, the computers. And, you know, it hurts your feelings and you don't, you know, you just get sad. I, I don't know. I don't know if they I think parents have oh. to kind of, you know, uh, take a look, you know, every now and then. And if your child is on the computer a little bit too long, you know, fine, I'll just talk to them and see what's going on because that's how a lot of stuff uh, happens because people put it on the computers and you hurt people's feelings and then what do you do? You don't. Well, you know, parents definitely have to it's a full-time job trying to censor these children from certain things online and on the on even on the cell phone i mean because you have the internet on the cell phone so i mean you could actually push in the wrong you know you could type in the wrong thing and, and, and something inappropriate can pop up, you know. Oh, yeah. And I know, and that's by accident, you know. Yeah. We didn't have that problem when we were growing up. Uh, but now I know, you know, my five-year-old granddaughter on occasion has uh, my phone, you know, so she can entertain herself, so she can be entertained by YouTube for kids, you know, or or Disney, you know, whatever, you know, um, maybe on that she can um, can keep her attention. But, uh, you know, and, and she's normally in my presence when all, you know, when she's looking at it. But, you know, there are times when they just start swiping, you know, <laughs> pushing buttons. I mean, she, I know she had my phone doing things that I didn't even know I had access to. Ability. <laughs> I'm like, girl, what? I didn't know my phone could do this. What? Yeah, you know, and she's like, yeah, you know. So I mean, that's why. You know, and then she wanted, then she wanted my password. Papa, what's your password, girl? You ain't gonna never know my password. You know, because you ain't gonna never forget it. You she know, got sense enough time, to ask for that, huh? Oh, she know everybody's password. She'd be like, you want to know my daddy's password? No, oh, baby, wow. I don't want to know. I mean, she know everybody passwords. She just go to the phone and type in something, and then you know she she she's in. You know she can crack the code, but <laughs> she ain't cracking mine. <laughs> so so you, you really know, have to I don't know what children have access to. That's true, but how soon do you? I don't know. Um, it's just so much that you can do on that phone and uh, I don't know about the phone well, and the kids well, well I mean you know there was 
10-year-old kids in a school in Uvalde, Texas, you know, they were making phone calls to 911 asking for help because, you know, That's the true. killing the, That's killing true. the kids around them. That's you true. Know, and uh, shooting That's them up sad. with these high-powered weapons. So, That's um, sad. I don't know. But even with I, that, you know, 19 police officers that were the good guys with guns and, you know, they did nothing for over and an hour. And did nothing. Yes. I mean, for an and hour. Did, and I somebody read, said uh, they were afraid because they knew he had an AR-15. Well, I mean, yeah, they knew what he had. But, I mean, if you got 19 officers... You know, uh, you know, some of some of your colleagues might not make it, but you know, you might save some of these children. But if you just let, you know, yeah, and then that's a whole nother story because they they told a whole lot of lies in the beginning, and now they're backtracking on all that stuff. Well, the governor <laughs> didn't say anything about uh, gun, you know. Let's do something with uh, guns like raise. And he was the one that lowered the age to 18 and allowed. Not only did he lower it, he made it to where you didn't have to do a background check. Yeah. You know, you could be. Why would he want to do that? Does he, has he got any because good I, sense? I, well, he got a whole lot of sense and a whole lot of money. Yeah, all so, of them got money, and that's why the NRA is not worried, not at all, because they know, you know their people get money, and they know these people are going to fight. They're going to fight to keep that money. So I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. But, you know, that's just like the... um the guy who was in church saying, and any Democrats in my church get up and walk out. <laughs> what I think is that all of all the Republicans should have gotten up as well. And did what? And leave. Why would you want to be in a church? A church and people, you know, he's asking people to leave. Is that religious, or am I? Well, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure a whole bunch. I'm sure it wasn't a whole lot of people that left, and I'm sure it was a whole lot of people that stayed. So he knew who he was talking to. He knew who his congregation is. I mean, he wouldn't have said that to to people he felt would have walked out, other than the few that he didn't want in his church. I mean, you know, you 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 have to understand. People know oh. who they're talking to. You know, there's a group of people for everybody. I mean, you could be crazy, crazy. I mean, look how many people voted for Trump. Over 70 million. So, I mean, there you go. And you know all the crazy stuff that, and all the lies he told. He told <laughs> a lie every day. So, I mean, you know, 70 million. And they're still telling lies. They say, you know, he won the election. And how many people you see walking around saying that? So, I mean, you know. So, people know. do you think That's he's like, going to. You know, 
you got a church and the, and the pastor say, well, we're about to all kill ourselves and go see Jesus. I mean, people drink the Kool-Aid. So. Well, a lot of them didn't want to, but they were uh, pushed into having to do it. That's crazy. You have to be careful. You have to be well, careful. Unless they, unless they pour the Kool-Aid down your throat. No, they had guns and t- made you do it. Oh, well, I mean, you know. You either get shot or you drink Shame it. on you. Yeah, Shame on that's, you. that's some bad. That, oh, I don't understand, but that's, that's me. That's a call. Yes, yes. And he got a lot of people to, to take What's that. understood need not be explained. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But you have to be very, uh, you just have to be on it with your teenagers, I think. Because they, you know, they're just so um, young and, and don't know a lot. They think they do, but they don't. And if somebody says something bad, you know, to them, they could commit suicide. And then, well, I mean, right now, it's a big thing with the the mental health. So, yeah, you know, that's even with some of the athletes. You know, the um, Naomi Osaka tennis player had to, you know, she quit playing tennis for a while because of mental health. She had a breakdown at one tournament where a heckler, she allowed the heckler to get to her and she couldn't take it. She broke down. Now, I mean, you know, it also helps when, you know, one particular year you're the highest paid female athlete at over 50 million. So, I mean, and you're still, you know, 20, 21, 22 years old. So, I mean, you know, your lifestyle has changed, you know, so has the family. Uh, so now, you know, you, you too much pressure for you. you know, so, and then just with normal, normal, you know, every day, you know, young adults, uh, the pressures of the world, you know, sometimes seem like it's too much to bear. Whereas when we were growing up, you know, not many of us, even had the money to talk to a therapist, let alone the stigma behind it. It was it seemed like talking to a therapist was a white person thing. But now, mm-hmm. you know, you, you got you got the you know, these and I think, you know, having a therapist, whether it's a licensed therapist or somebody you can talk to with common sense is very helpful. I mean, I think that's part of yeah. our problem sometimes we don't have the right people to talk to. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, I'm not I'm not knocking that, but I think right now it's a big mental health thing and our kids are talking as like you know, you really don't get it. Mm. You know, you don't know. You ain't lived yet. And you know, what kind of pressure you got. Yeah. You know, but I mean, you know, to one person who's never gone through something what they're going through might be the most major and devastating traumatic thing they've ever experienced where somebody who's lived and gone through some things could be like, really? 
You know, <laughs> that's gonna blow. That's gonna blow over. I wish I had that problem. <laughs> you know, that's gonna blow over. You are gonna be all right, and you are gonna learn from it and keep it moving. You know, it ain't gonna kill you. But you know, if you don't have somebody to tell you that, you yeah, know, you might feel like what you're going through. You and sinking sand, you in quicksand, going now, down fast. I know that you you work with young people. Has any one of them come to you and asked you to kind of um, help them with a situation that they had? Clearly, the the youth that I've been assigned to as a mentor, um, I think that you know they they I've had some young men that have had their own family issues that they tried to work through. And the best that I could offer them was a listening ear and some sound mm-hmm. advice. Um, but I know of other stories and other youth and some, you know, that weren't necessarily assigned to me that, either were living on their own or had bad family situations and uh, or unsupportive parents. Um, so, you know, their or utilities cut off or, or other things like that. Um, so, I mean, I've been aware of those type of things. And so, you know, you offer resources and try to put them in the best position to get in a position where they can, you know, support themselves, you know, get through school, get an education, and learn uh, something that will be able, they'll be able to support themselves. So, uh, you know, in the four years that I've been doing it, um, you know, there have been numerous situations that young people have overcome or had to overcome, and then there have been those that have either been killed, uh, you know, from various things and auto accidents, gunshots, um, and those that uh, just succumb to their surroundings and try to make it out here on their own. But so is life. They have... uh issues you know sometimes they have issues at home and they just need someone to talk to you know uh, my mom does this or my dad does that or they both you know doing this and that and sometimes you just have to stop and listen you know because if they don't have someone to listen to it's hard. They don't know what to do. It's hard, and we have to, you know, kind of catch on to that and just, you know, try to say the nice things. You can't talk badly about your family, but, you know, you just try to get the youth to understand that they have a life that they have to live. So 
I just think, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's hard for teenagers. It really is. I was one at one time. And a lot of times you you make the wrong decisions because you well, don't I mean, that's part of it's part of learning and growing. Of course, we, we all make bad decisions. Yeah, a lot of people don't, you know, they don't understand. Like I had uh, students whose parents were, um, you know, um, mother had uh, a girlfriend you know, or dad had a boyfriend or something like that, and the kids don't understand. So you have to explain it to them. They don't know what to do. So you just oh, have to... Oh, there's a lot of confusing things going on. I mean, oh, yeah. the, the, the kids oh. have to trust you also, so you have to earn that trust. They have to feel that they can... Well, yeah talk to you and share those things. have to talk to them, that's for sure. Okay. So, well, you know, I think that, oh, we had a pretty decent show. I think that uh, it went together. I mean, it, the time just flew. <laughs> it just flew. So I'd like to hear your um, talking about, you know, what happened or what went on today, this evening. What do you think? Well, as far as the show is concerned, I think that it's all uh, relevant topics, you know, it's... um, things that we're dealing with in real time. Things affect you. Some things don't affect you as directly, but it affects you. Whether, you know, the grocery store shooting wasn't in your state or in your city, you may think twice about it while you're grocery shopping and you see a suspicious character that looks out of place that might come across your mind, you know, which is unfortunate. And the same thing when you drop your children off to school, you want to make sure that their environment is safe, that they make it home. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, uh, there was a gun, uh, there was a man shot up, you know, shot some people up at the hospital. So it's like yeah. nowhere is safe. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, nowhere is off limits. And so That's with true. that being said. The churches either, you know. Yeah, I mean, even in the church, you know, people getting shot up. So it's, you know, you don't want to be thinking of the, have to think of your safety in every moment of every day. But I think, you know, growing up in certain places, you automatically have a defense up where certain you already had your guard up on certain things just ain't gone. You know, hmm. you already on point. I mean, uh, you know, in certain places you can get comfortable. You know, certain people leave the doors unlocked. <laughs> you know, I don't care where I'm staying. You know, I'm going to lock my doors. <laughs> and, you know, but it's um, it's just unfortunate to say this 
of, you know, sign of the times that we're in right now. Uh, I think that, you know, if you're spiritual, you definitely have to, you know, be prayed of, as they say, and, you know, definitely be connected. And thank God for all the small things and be able to enjoy life and have a quality of life. You know, it's nothing like being able to, you know, you know, I enjoy sitting on the porch in the morning, you know, sipping on a cup of coffee, looking <laughs> at the sunrise, yeah. you know, just that, you know, that, that little thing right there, you know, is innocent. Yeah, yeah, quiet, yeah. you know, or even hearing right. the birds singing before I get out to bed in the morning, you know, those type of things. Just, I know what you mean you know, about that, yeah. Make you alive and make you thankful for being alive, even though, you know, seems like chaos in the world is falling apart around you. So, you know, so once your feet hit the floor, you know, the bills are due and, you know, <laughs> and the phone is ringing and, you know, here we go. Yeah. Here we go, you know, you, you're dealing with, uh, you know, loved ones, you know, uh, you know, or it's just, it's just always something. You know, oh, it's, it's always, always something. going to be something. So, you know, as I grow older, yeah, it's how you deal with it. You know, it's your perception of life. You know, it doesn't make sense to complain about it. You know, and once you, your perception is different and your approach is different, then, you know, everything around you changes and your blood pressure doesn't have to be raised. And, you know, you don't have to let your environment make you sick because of all the stress so, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, still learning. and But, you know, I thank God for where he's brought me and for yes. the insight and wisdom I've been able to obtain through the years. And, you know, it keeps me humble and keeps me grounded. Um you know, if I'm talking to someone and they're talking about their pain, you know, from whatever they're dealing with or their illness or, you know, they're going to another funeral and their family, you know, or whatever, and it just put things in perspective like, hey, you know what, things really aren't all that bad or things really could be worse. You yes, know? True. So just to be thankful for, um, you know, for the little things. You know, because yeah. at the end of the day, those are the things that make the biggest difference. So how about you, Jenny White? Yeah. What, what you think? Well, you know, I I like the, what you were saying about, you know, in the morning when it's kind of just, you know, no real noise or anything. And you can, you're calm and everything. I like that. Um I think, and because that a friend of mine and and I get up in the morning and we pray every morning, and I think, well, I don't think, I know it has changed me 
because now that I can see things that I didn't notice before, you know, the small things, I did not notice those as I was going here, there, and everywhere. But now I notice, oh, that happened. And, you know, it's just amazing. It's amazing. Um, For one instant, I know that I had to go and take a car back that I had rented. And I was wondering how I was going to get back home, but I knew I had to take it back. And God sent a person that doesn't even live in Michigan, but came up and was looking for someone. And it turned out to be that the person he was looking for was here. And uh, he brought me back home. And I th- I just thought that was, you know, perfect. It was perfect. And you just see how God does things. You don't know, but it's just how he does things. And it's just amazing because, you know, all those little things, I had just gone away, gone away, but, you know, with the prayers and everything and a lot of things have changed a lot of things have changed and it's amazing to me and I wouldn't stop for anything so that's what um, I'm thinking you know that things don't have to be large or small Whatever you get a blessing, you know, you need to say thank you. And one of the happiest moments in life is when you find the courage to let go of what you cannot change. And that's wonderful. Right about that. Yeah. A lot of people think about, and I used to, too. Think about all that negative stuff that was, you know, in the past, and and I keep, you know, thinking about it. And then finally one day I thought about it. I said, hmm, I can't go back and change it at all. So guess what? It doesn't bother me anymore. It does not bother me anymore. So, I mean, it's just. The little things, the little things, and your your attitude changes, you know, it may be a small change or it could be a large change, but there's a change. There's a change. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So having said that, because for me, this is one of the happiest moments. <laughs> and I can't change it. <laughs> so what I want to say is I thank those that were listening. And uh, they didn't say anything, but I appreciate the fact that they called. I really do. And so until next Friday. I'd like to say have a great weekend.
a great weekend. And this has been the Let's right. Talk About It with Jenny White. Good night, all. Good night.